this is what you're fighting for. I mean, every day you're out there. What they're doing is blowing people off. If you continue to look the other way and shut up, then the oppressors, the authoritarians get total control and total power. Because this is just like in Arizona, this is just like in Georgia. It's another element that backs them into a quarter and shows their lies and misrepresentations. This is why this audience is going to have to get engaged. As we've told you, this is the fight. All this nonsense, all this spin, they can't handle the truth. War Room Battleground. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Even though humanity is failing on its climate policy objectives, this means that extreme weather will still impact the normal global life and some evil state will also weaponize its outcomes. And when people in the streets of New York and other cities of the world went out on climate protest, we all have seen them. And when people in Morocco and Libya and other countries die as a result of natural disasters, and when islands and countries disappear underwater, and when tornadoes and deserts are spreading into, into new territories, and when all of this is happening, one unnatural disaster in Moscow decided to launch a big war and kill tens of thousands of people. We have to stop it. We must act united to defeat the aggressor and focus all our capabilities and energy on addressing these challenges. As nukes are restrained, likewise the aggressor must be restrained and all his tools and methods of war. Each war now can become final, but it takes our unity to make sure that aggression will not break in again. And it is not a dialogue between the so-called great powers somewhere behind the closed doors that can guarantee us all the new wars era, but open war of all nations for peace. I can publicly share his idea now, not to waste time, not to lose people. Yes, and, and say that my formula is to stop the war and stop all this tragedy and stop Russian aggression. So the idea is how to take the part of our territory and to give Putin. And that is not the peace formula. And all... Cult of climate change meet the cult of Ukraine, quite the bizarre cold open. We got uh, Harnwell joining us to discuss the latest developments, not just here in New York at the UN with Ukraine, but even back home in Ukraine with Zelensky, some of his supposed European allies. I guess they're upset about Zelensky's actions over here. No surprise there. It's, of course, Natalie Winters filling in for Stephen K. Bannon hosting the 6 p.m. hour on today, September 20th, year of our Lord, 2023. We got a lot of news to get to, so without further ado, if we have Harnwell uh, before we get into what's going on with grain and Poland and some interesting developments on that front, um, I'd love to just get sort of generically um, your analysis, your reactions to Zelensky's UN speech, really focusing on, of course, the signal, not the noise, why he decided to throw down on climate change, the new ask for $24 billion, and really what we should expect with the lead up tomorrow with him coming to Congress to beg for even more money. 
good afternoon to you, Natalie. Well, I think the answer to the first question there is why he's concentrating home in, homing in on climate change. It's because he knows on which side of his um, he knows which on which side his bread is buttered. Uh, that's basically he's now his remaining uh, thread that he's hanging by uh, almost existentially, Natalie is that of the, the globalists, uh, the, the power mongers, what I like to call our sociopathic overlords. He's now going full on, all in, um, to appease their agenda in the desperate hope, perhaps it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a hope destined to fail, but in a desperate hope that they will continue to support him because he realises that the political winds um, in the United States are headwinds now uh, rather than tailwinds as they were a year and a half ago. You know, I, I would say that's the, same, that's the same reason why he has this, this, um, <laughs> I think, what, 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 um, this, uh, the, the, this dude with the bad wig, um, uh, uh, Ashton, Ashton uh, Cirillo, uh, Mike, um, or, 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 or stage name Sarah, um, as, a, as an official government spokesman, because in his head, right, this is the language that, um, that the, the power elites that he's trying to appeal to in the United States speak. This is what he thinks. If he thinks if he puts this guy in front of a camera with that really creepy voicing that he's got going on, that that's, then, then that's all he needs to do to get the United States back on board and to get this 24 billion uh, flooding in. Um, so that just shows how he thinks. I think he's, he's highlighting yesterday at the, uh, the UN General Assembly, the climate change fanaticism. It's just an indication that he's... And by the way, Natalie, it's not um, a ridiculous strategy for him to make. Just ask yourself, why is the world... I mean, obviously, there's a, a relationship, a, a long-standing relationship, let's call it like that, between um, Ukraine and the present uh, Biden administration. But why, you know, why did we go all in within milliseconds into supporting Ukraine a year and a half ago. And where are we now? Where is the world in Nagorno-Karabakh, right? We're with the, the, the Armenian enclave, which, is, which has been under um, basically blockade for the, for the last uh, 10 days. No food has been in. Uh, people are starving there. That basically doesn't even merit a small power graph on any page of, of the newspapers. You'd really have to be... Uh, obsessed by international news to realise that there's that there's a crisis going on there, and yet Ukraine has sucked out um, all of the oxygen from the room. Why? Because the Armenians in Nagorno-Karabakh aren't going on and on about climate change. They don't have a leader who dresses himself in PVC or leather, whatever it is, whatever he does, and plays the the piano and um, with his intimate parts and. Um, they don't have a leader in in Nagorno-Karabakh who um, who will do who will stand up at the UN and go on and on and on about climate change, and they absolutely don't have a guy with an ill-fitting blonde wig and a really creepy, terrifying voice um, as as an official government spokesman. Yeah, so, so Zelensky's strategy here, Natalie, isn't isn't a ridiculous one, and it has up until now been been helping them. You know, but the um. By the way, I just want to explain what that 30 seconds was in the cold open at the beginning. You had the first clip of him uh, addressing the UN yesterday. Then they, they, there was a 30-second extract of him talking. I think it was to, to Wolf Blitzer on, on CNN. Uh, the context of what he's saying there is that he's, he's challenging 
Donald Trump. Um, that wasn't really included in, in, in the extract. Um, but he was challenging Donald Trump to come out and explain what Trump's peace plan is, which Trump hasn't been talking about several times um, over the last few months, saying that he'll be able to end this war uh, uh, in 24 hours. Zelensky's thrown down and said to Trump, come now, say what this plan is, basically, and stop, and I, and I quote, basically, stop wasting time. Um, they say stop wasting his time because, you know, he's an important guy, Natalie Zelensky. Um, so, you know, I, I just want to get that point across. Um, and there's more to say on that throwdown, and, and we'll, we'll, we'll pick that apart, I hope, over the coming days. Um, there are a couple of other things that I, that I want to take out from, from today, um, if I may, Natalie. The first is that um, for those who are interested in the dynamics and the personal relationship dynamics, Sergei Lavrov, who's the Russian foreign minister, the, the, the Russian state media had said he would be in attendance at that Security Council meeting. You know, actually, you know, here's the time for me, for me to call on Memphis, if they wouldn't mind just playing that. Um, in the background, we have footage of the Security Council meeting today, and I'll just talk over the top of it. So, so Lavrov wasn't there. Russia was replaced, um, or, or was represented, I should say, by uh, by Russia's um, by its ambassador to, to the UN. Um, I tell you who else wasn't there, and that was uh, Wang Yi. Now, China is, of course, one of the five permanent members of the Security Council. Uh, the Foreign Minister Wang Yi wasn't there. Um, at the Security Council meeting today, and neither um, were, were Britain and France. Um, where was Wang Yi today? Today, of all days, when the Security Council, here we are, here's the footage in the background, was the Security Council um, apparently breaking its own norms in allowing Zelensky to speak first at the meeting today, which wasn't primarily about him or Ukraine. Um, and, and Russia objected to that. Where was the Chinese foreign minister today? He was in St. Petersburg uh, meeting with Putin. Um, and here is what Wang Yi said. And I think this is a parallel now. I don't know how much time I've had uh, on, on the show today, Natalie. But there is basically, um, and this has been taking place over a long time, there is really a, 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 so, a slow dissolving of the, the unipolar world now and it's dividing it's becoming more multipolar and in opposition to the united nations and the very sort of u.s type um uh, rules-based international order that the un is supposed to guarantee which you know i won't say it's been boycotted by 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 the by the um by the other yeah, the, the, the russia china axis here but that but there's something along those lines that's taking place here is what the, the Chinese foreign minister said uh, today um, in, in Russia with Putin. He said that in an increasingly multipolar world, Moscow and Beijing share special global responsibilities. He said China is ready to bolster coordination on the world stage to protect our common interests together and to promote international justice. That is, an, that is really a a throwdown to the to the United Nations, I would suggest, um, and to the the influence that America still has. It's been declining, obviously, massively under the present administration, but it still has influence. And and here we can see on the very day that Zelensky addresses 
the Security Council that China and Russia are, um, are very keen to let the world know, and I guess they're, they're BRICS allies, they're a growing number of BRICS allies, that, uh, that, that, that alliance between the two of them is as strong as ever. Now, Harnwell, before we let you go, you probably noticed I'm, I'm a little different than Steve. I don't uh, interrupt quite as much. I like to let you uh, finish your point. I'm, of course, kidding. Um, but before we let you go, real quick, just on the front of Poland um, talking with the, I believe, Ukrainian envoy about grain imports, exports. What's the latest with that? And then we'll let you go. Well, yesterday there was a planned meeting, Natalie, between Andrzej Duda, the Polish president, and President Zelensky uh, to try and iron out some of these uh, difficulties that they've had. Uh, that meeting was cancelled, and uh, it was cancelled because Zelensky had said yesterday, basically indicating Poland, that while some of uh, the Ukraine's European allies are feigning solidarity, they're really secretly supporting Russia. So. Uh, Poland has taken umbrage at this um, and they've actually called, they've summoned in Ukraine's uh, ambassador uh, for stripping down uh, to, to make that absolutely clear. So there are tensions there between those two countries, certainly, and those tensions seem to be uh, increasing. Arnwell, thank you so much for joining us. If people want to stay up to date with your analysis that I'm sure leaves the ruling class, our overlords, very mad, angry, and upset, where can they get all of that content and more from you? Thank you so much, Natalie. Well, firstly, mm -hmm. I'll give a plug to uh, the newsletter that goes out uh, several times a day. Um, and just folks, if they want to, they should definitely subscribe to that. Go on to warroom.org, where you, myself, Joe Allen, we push out exclusive articles on, on the newsletter. And then if you want my uh, my most intimate thoughts and analyses, it's always <laughs> on Getter, my platform, social platform of choice. Simply check out my surname, uh, Harnwell, and that's where you'll find my profile. Natalie, thanks so much. God bless. Thank you. He's a, he's a must follow. I'm the executive editor of War Room, but I guess he's the international editor. I don't know where the hierarchy checks out with all that. But uh, I am I am comfortable saying that Harnwell is superior to me. So definitely follow him. And of course, thank you so much for joining us. Now, before we bring Kane on, um, at Steve's request, I was supposed to come on the show this morning to walk you guys through what is a new breaking, really bombshell story coming out of DHS. So I just want to tee that up myself a little bit. Um, and then we'll bring Kane on from Citizen Free Press to discuss. But you may have heard by now that the Department of Homeland Security, specifically led by Mayorkas, has established a new Homeland Intelligence Experts Group. Remember, this is the same DHS, same outfit that had launched the short-lived Disinformation Governance Board about a year ago before the War Room Posse and investigative reporters helped quash that uh, for the free speech trampling really uh, offense to the First Amendment uh, that it was, but I think they're sort of rebranding. And frankly, I have to say, I think this iteration, the latest attempt, what let's call it what it is, not just election interference, but to quash the MAGA movement might just be all the more concerning. Um, to walk you through this group, if you read the press release, basically, they're admitting that the government is now openly working um, with corporations, with their private sector partners, to help get data, to help get information, to just share resources, to help combat, you guessed it, domestic violent extremism. But if you really drill down and you look at the who's who 
of the dozen or so people uh, that are listed as belonging to this new group, you can tell it really is just the bowels of the swamp, the bowels of the deep state. You, of course, have some I'm sure names you guys recognize at home, John Brennan, James Clapper, but you also have three signatories, uh, the last two names I just said are included on that, who actually were part of the Hunter Biden hard drive Russian disinformation letter. How's that for hypocrisy and keeping it so offensively in your face? But even more interesting, and this is some exclusive war room analysis, we also have Alyssa Massimino, this is someone who's up at Georgetown Law. She's repeatedly tweeted about how much she hates Donald Trump, even asking people, what are you doing to put Donald Trump in the rearview mirror? It's clear these people are ardently anti-Trump. They're weaponizing the DHS to ensure that he doesn't get his rightful second, some might say third, uh, but second term. But what's so interesting, too, if this is supposed to be countering domestic extremism, there's actually no one who's an expert on Islamic extremism, no one who's an expert on, you know, the Marxist movement that is Black Lives Matter or these movements that we've seen destroy uh, America, cities across this country. And even more interesting, of course, you guys know my work has focused a lot on COVID-19, the origins of that, linking, of course, to EcoHealth Alliance. Asha M. George, another individual who is on this new group, she leads what is the very swampy a uh, group called the Bipartisan Committee on Biodefense. Not only are they supporters of the natural origins theory with COVID-19, but the executive vice president of EcoHealth Alliance, the group that was receiving funds from Anthony Fauci to collaborate with the Wuhan Institute of Virology on COVID-19 related research. Well, he's also on the board there. So how is that for the swamp? You also have a key Russiagate operative, someone by the name of Tashina Gauhar, we're going to hope I pronounced that correctly, um, who not only was very critical in getting the warrants to spy on the Trump campaign, but was very wrapped up in the Russia, Russia, Russia hoax. Um, but the, really, I think the, the most important takeaway and what Steve and I were really going to get into earlier today is that this outfit is primarily comprised of lawyers, partners at some of America's leading law firms. Of course, they're all in bed with the DNC, but it really seems like a group of people who should be more aligned with the Department of Justice, right? It's the, but this is a DHS initiative. So the true signal, not the noise here, um, I would argue, is that this is showing that Trump-style lawfare is going to be coming, not just for Donald J. Trump, but like he always says, they're coming, they're coming after him just to get to you, and they're going to use, I think, this new DHS outfit, this little group, they've admitted to it, to help combat domestic extremism by partnering with the private sector and really using lawfare, weaponizing these law firms, weaponizing the law, of course, disrespecting the Constitution. To do so, I'm sorry, I, I talked so much, but we got to lay down some groundwork before we bring in the one and only Kane from Citizen Free Press. I think we have him. If we do, Kane, I know you had this story linked up in the stack early this morning. Uh, I'd love to just get your thoughts as someone who follows the media, knows a lot of these people from their previous scandals. Uh, your thoughts on what the DHS is now trying to do. Well, thanks, Natalie. Glad to be here. For, you know, I just removed my N95 mask and my PPE because even though I work absolutely <laughs> positively alone, you can never be too careful. So now that I'm I ready, you, you know- you got your booster too. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, there's an interesting story in the stack from last night that Pfizer, Moderna stock took a hit, fell about 10% because 
Pfizer announced that they expect somewhere only around 20 percent of of the uh, of the public to uh, get this newest booster. So so Fauci's crying somewhere in retirement in his uh, 15 million dollar D.C. home. You know, Natalie, here's the thing. You want me to talk about this new DHS group. And I just you know, it's like following Johnny Carson, following you. There's no one on this earth, you know, and this is a compliment, <laughs> but there's no one on this earth who knows this stuff like you do and, and what you know about these people. What struck out to me when I saw it is it seemed like it was, you know, a federal jobs program for aging spooks and Democrat lawyers and and maybe people who um, who no longer want to spend time at Perkins Coy. It reads, you know, your your uh, your initial reaction to it seems correct to me. It reads like it's a, uh, uh, a list of, of, of Democrats that, that plan to use the courts much in the way that Mark Elias did with absentee ballots in the last election. But these Democrats plan to use lawfare in the courts to go after President Trump. And as you said, domestic violent extremism, which is one of those generically perfect, super broad terms that could mean everything from me sitting in my office typing out headlines to um, to someone speaking on a on a ham radio about uh, about what's happening in Washington. It's you know, you never you talked about the, the disbanded group. Wasn't that led? by? I know you guys, you and Raheem and National Pulse and War Room sort of really did. You know, you led the effort. Was that led by Nina? Was it Nina Jamowitz or something like that? Nina Jankowitz, yes. The one yeah. and only, the TikToker extraordinaire who recently registered as a foreign agent on behalf of the British government, but I digress. Yeah, that's interesting. I, you know, I remember the, the stuff, the, um, the podcast on War Room where, uh, where you and Raheem were really hitting that hard. And it's, so again, you know, my thoughts on this are, you know, this is why I'm anonymous. You know, you, unfortunately, you're out there, your name's out there. There are, there are a bunch of people that are, that are fighting the good fight and, and, you know, have to deal with things like being swatted, like War Room and Steve was swatted two or three times. So anytime, you know, anytime DH, DHS and the government starts to trend in this area where they talk about domestic extremism, we know that those are code words for populists, for America first believers, for Trump supporters. And we can, you know, without even questioning, we can we can assume that all of their attention is going to be put on the new sort of the new populist right wing. And um, and so, you know, I'm uh, hey, at least we know the names. And and now with people like you, we'll keep a really close eye on it, I hope. Yeah, you can sort of reverse engineer their definition of domestic extremism by who they're choosing to a point to this board, there's, like I said, no experts on Islamic terrorism. Again, they're talking about just some general terrorist threats to the United States, too, but they really seem with a laser focus to go after domestic extremism, which is probably just code for election denialism. But like I said, no one who's well-versed in the Marxist yep. overtaking of this country or Black Lives Matter or anything like that. But this brings me to the second story that I would wanted to discuss with you, which is why they're in such a full-blown panic mode, in the words of one of the DHS yes. group members, putting Trump in the rear-view mirror, which I think would actually make him look closer than he appears. Um, and speaking of closeness, there's some interesting new polling coming out uh, from Real Clear Politics showing that 
if you were to sort of transpose where we are currently with 2020, Donald Trump is ahead of Joe Biden uh, in the polls at the same time. If you sort of do a compare and contrast, I'll keep I'll hold you over through the break. But if you want to start um, kind of walking us through these new numbers, I'm sure we would. We'd love yeah, some good absolutely. news. Absolutely. I'm so I'm- yeah, I, absolutely. I'm so excited to talk about these polls. You know, I have just as I, I know to be skeptical. I don't want people to think as, um, you know, that it's completely legitimate. But what's important about these RCP polling averages is they also provide links to the exact same polls from 2020. So we know where Trump ended up doing in the 2020 election, sort of, you know, lawfare and and election fraud aside, we know how we ended up doing versus we're able to if you if people go to CFP and click on these links, they can see exactly where these polls were. And Biden had a seven point two. The the aggregate at the leading into the last week of the election was a seven point two percent lead for Biden in 2020. And now in these same polls right now, as of two days ago, Trump finally has the aggregate lead by 0.6%. So it's a flip of 7.8% or about 8% or eight points in the numbers. And what we know that that's actually a flip of the independence. So, so that part is fantastic. And you know, feel free to cut me off when you need to, but I'll say that if you go even deeper into the numbers, there was both a Reuters poll and a McLaughlin poll from about two weeks ago was the McLaughlin. Reuters was last week. And they showed that Trump has a dominating lead in, lead in seven swing states. So in the Reuters poll, they're showing him leading Biden 41-35 in those seven states. And the McLaughlin poll showed it 49-41 Trump. So as you and I have talked about in the past, I really think that this is about the independence. If you have 40% that are going to vote against Trump no matter what, and 40% of the MAGA base that is going to vote for Trump, it's all going to be decided by the 20% in the middle. And in 2020, we didn't do as well in that with those independents. So what and these Kane, polls I'm gonna, are showing- I'm going to hold you there because we got it. We got to yeah. jump to break, but I want you to come back because I want you to finish that thought. Warren Posse, we'll be right back. We got Kane, Jeff Clark, Merrick Garland testimony, everything you could ever want. We'll be right back. Be right back. Are you tired of progressive corporations and exhausted trying to keep up with all the virtue signaling when you're simply trying to buy products? Progressive corporate America continues to push messaging that further alienates conservative Americans, all while eroding the future of the American dream. It's prominent all over the country. Companies like Starbucks strong-arming their customers to support abortion. Financial services like PayPal canceling customers for their political views. Makeup companies like Maybelline making a mockery of women by supporting transgender models. And beer companies like Bud Light forcing gender ideology on you when all you want is to enjoy a cold beer. Thankfully, we don't have to fund these companies any longer with our hard-earned dollars. With Public Square, we now have a solution. It's simple. 
Join the movement of millions of patriotic Americans who love truth, our country, and our Constitution at publicsq.com. That's publicsq.com. Public Square is an app and website where you can get connected to tens of thousands of businesses from all different industries that share your value for life, family, and freedom. Whether you're looking to buy coffee, find a new athletic clothing that knows what a woman is, and shop for clean skincare, or simply find a new restaurant in your community that won't lecture you about your political views, publicsq.com is your resource. Public Square also offers discounts to many high-quality businesses on the platform so that you can actually receive incentive for spending money with companies that don't hate you. Public Square is free to join as consumer or a business owner, and you can get started today at publicsq.com. Remember, either as a consumer or a business owner, download the app now. That's publicsq.com, publicsq.com. I am the last person on earth to nag you about your diet. I think you can see I don't always make the healthiest food choices either. But I will share that the Mayo Clinic says if you want to help prevent heart disease, lower blood pressure and cholesterol, eat five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. I don't, and you probably won't. That's why I take Field of Greens every morning. Unlike the others, each fruit and each vegetable in Field of Greens was medically selected by doctors to support your vital organs like heart, lungs, kidneys, and immune system. Flu season is here, and I trust Field of Greens to help me stay healthy. Field of Greens works fast. You feel better with more energy, and you'll notice your skin, hair, and nails will look healthier too. If you don't always eat right and exercise, join me and take Field of Greens. Now, let me get you started with 15% off your first order. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code Bannon. That's promo code Bannon at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com. More energy. You'll look better. You'll feel better. And you'll get what the Mayo Clinic says is what you need in fruits and vegetables every day. Fieldofgreens.com. Code Bannon. Take agency. Do it today. Action, action, action. You should choose an air purifier like your life depends on it. Because it just might. More than 35,000 wildfires have devastated the U.S. this year. The toxins and particles in wildfire smoke can penetrate our lungs and threaten our health. That's why EnviroCleanse developed military-grade air purification for your home. And they just announced their biggest sale of the year. Save a massive 30% off during their Labor Day sale. EnviroCleanse is specifically designed to wipe out airborne chemicals and viruses known to cause illness, allergies, and difficulty breathing. Even toxic gases and particles found in wildfire smoke are no match for EnviroCleanse. That's why the Department of Defense chose EnviroCleanse to protect the air on board our Navy combatants. And EnviroCleanse comes with a free professional air quality monitor so you know your family's breathing purified air. Now's the time to save 30% off your air purification unit. Get the free air quality monitor and fast free shipping. That's a 250 bucks savings. Visit ekpure.com and use code Steve. That's ekpure.com, code Steve. Let me repeat, ekpure.com. 
code Steve. EKPure.com, code Steve. Take action. Use your agency. Do it today. Get the benefits of the sale. War Room Battleground with Stephen K. Bannon. Welcome back to the War Room. It's always a fun day when we have Kane from Citizen Free Press joining us. And I don't pay him to say those nice things about me. For some reason, I guess it's part of the misinformation that he spreads on a daily basis when he says, I'm good at my job. No, I'm of course kidding. Kane is, of course, a dear friend and a good friend. I would say a fan favorite of the War Room. So I'm very glad he is here with me. Kane, before I let you go, we had to go to break. I'm sorry. I don't have the uh, authority to blow the brakes here. Uh, but just finish what you were saying with the uh, analysis of the polls, particularly independence and comparing it, juxtaposing it with 2020. Yeah, I'm happy to finish that. So the, the quick story is that we're doing fantastically in the same polls as we were not doing very well in 2020. And that's why I give this credence. That's why this matters. So when you get to the swing states, as I was saying, two of those polls Reuters and McLaughlin both showing in the last two weeks that Trump has an eight point lead in one and a six point lead in the other in the aggregate of seven swing states. So these are generally left wing polls. We know the internals aren't always favorable to Republicans. So the fact that Trump is doing well in these polls really means something. And I'll close it with this. Matt Drudge is noticing while I was sort of, you know, waiting through the commercial break. I threw up Drudge Report because I already know all the stories on my site. And he's sort of leading with, here's one of its headlines here. Lead is over. The, the dawn evaporates in new poll. It's a dead heat. And what he's linking to is, a Yuga, is the Yahoo YouGov poll, which Yahoo does every single month. Yahoo YouGov do every single month. And what's interesting about it is, so you can track it month to month. And just a month ago, it was 47-41 Biden. This is a nationwide poll, not swing states. And as of today, released today, it is at 44-44. So we already know that Trump is pulling better in swing states than he is nationwide because nationwide you get California and New York and all the sort of liberal blue enclaves. So the fact that he's pulled even, gained six points, or Biden lost three, Trump gained three. So a six-point change since last month, that's another huge piece of evidence. And I think the reason why, I, you know, you and I really are interested in this stuff is because how do we gauge the reaction to to Trump post indictments? Right. That's we knew these indictments were coming for months. And what we would ask ourselves is, well, what are, what are the polls going to show? Is this going to make people go for them or or sort of drift away? And I think right now. And this is where I'll wrap it up. I think right now we can say the evidence is showing strongly that Trump has gained and Biden has lost since the four indictments. And I, I'm feeling super positive and can't wait for uh, next November. Kane, thank you so much for joining us. If people want to follow you, where can they go? But more importantly, if they want to read the stack, which I think you are updating 25 hours a day, if that's even possible, where can they find it? Uh, Yes, it's super simple. Um, you can use the Steve Bannon spelling, which would be citizensfreepress.com, or you can use the non-Steve Bannon spelling without the S. Officially, it's without the S. Citizen Free Press, I update. I sleep six hours a day, so I'm on the site 18 hours. And for people who don't know, there's no advertisements, and all the news stories go right at the top. 
So you can load it in bed before you go to sleep. And the first thing when you wake up in the morning, citizenfreepress.com. And thanks again, Natalie. I always enjoy talking with you. Likewise. Thank you so much for joining us. You know, so clear with the polls, with the indictments. What tricks are the Democrats going to pull? Is it going to be more bailouts, student loan bailouts? Is it going to be more Ukraine? Is it going to be stimulus checks? Who knows what they're going to do? It's clear they don't care about the de-dollarization of this country. It's clear, frankly, they don't care, obviously, about fiscal responsibility, frankly, about just the financial future of this country, not just for you, but for, of course, your children and grandchildren, which is why it's all the more important to go to birchgold.com slash Bannon to get end of the dollar empire. I believe they are now on the fourth version. Uh, I guess they're now four ends to the dollar empire. No, uh, but you got to get it. You got to read it. I've read it. It's written by Steve and it's, it's very powerful. Like we always say in the war room, knowledge, information is power. And they want to strip that and your ability to consume it away from you. So while you still can, <laughs> before the uh, DHS Intelligence Review Board comes for Birch Gold and birchgold.com slash Bannon, go and get yourself a copy of The End of the Dollar Empire. Now, I think we have Jeff Clark, but before we go to him, we have a wonderful package of some of the hottest moments uh, from today's congressional hearing with none other than Merrick Garland, the Attorney General. So let's roll that, Memphis, and we'll come back with Jeff Clark's stunning and brilliant analysis of everything that we saw go down today. Quote, Mr. Weiss has full authority to bring cases in other jurisdictions if he feels it's necessary. That was your response, Attorney General, to Senator Grassley's question on March 1st, 2023. You just referenced it when Mr. Bishop was questioning you. Only problem is he'd already been turned down by the U.S. Attorney in the District of Columbia, Mr. Graves. So he didn't have full authority, did he? I had an extended conversation with uh, Senator Grassley at the time. We briefly touched on the Section 515 question and how that process went. Um, I've my never been suggested. My point's real simple, Mr. Garland. You said he had complete authority, but he'd already been turned down. He you wanted to bring an action in the District of Columbia, and the U.S. Attorney there said, no, you can't. And then you go tell the United States Senate under oath that he has complete authority. I'm going to say again that uh, no one had the authority to turn him down. They could refuse uh, to partner with him. They could you not. You can use whatever you, you, language. They, refuse to partner is turning down. Well, it's not the same under a well-known Justice Department practice. Here's why this. When I said how many agents or assets of the government were present on January 5th and January 6th and agitating in the crowd to go into the Capitol and how many went into the Capitol, can you answer that now? I don't know the answer to that question. Oh, last time, you don't know how many there were or there were none? I don't know the answer to either of those questions. If there were any, I don't know how many. You've I don't know whether there are any. I think you may have just perjured yourself that you don't know that there were any. You want to say that again, that you don't know that there were any? I have any? no personal knowledge of this matter. I think what I said the you've, last time. You've had two been, years to find man. out. And, and the day, by the way, that was in reference to Ray Epps. And yesterday you indicted him. Isn't that a wonderful coincidence on a misdemeanor? Meanwhile, you're sending grandmas to prison. You're putting people away for 20 years for merely filming. Some people weren't even there yet. You've got the guy on video who's saying, go into the Capitol. He's directing people to the Capitol before the speech ends. He's at the site of the first breach. 
You've got all the goods on him, 10 videos, and it's an, and it's an indictment for a misdemeanor? The American public isn't buying it. I yield the balance of my time to Chairman Jordan. May I answer the question? How can you guarantee that the people buying that aren't, aren't doing so to gain favor with the president? job of the Justice Department is to investigate criminal allegations. You have information. Are you investigating this? I mean, someone who bought Hunter Biden's art ended up with a prestigious appointment to a federal position. Doesn't it look weird that he's, making, he's become this immediate success in the art world as his dad is president of the United States? Isn't that odd? I'm not going to comment about any specific... Not going to comment, not going to investigate. So, right. Hunter Biden Association... So, January 6th, did you lose count of the number of federal assets? Did you lose count and order an audit? Gentlemen's time has expired. I, I get an answer to the question of did, he, did they lose count... No, let him number? answer the question. The time has expired. The, the Attorney General can respond. China is the most aggressive, most dangerous adversary Mr. Mr. General, the United States that... faces, and we are doing everything within our power to rebut that, to stop that, to prevent their invasions, both kinetic, both um, and through cyberspace. And we will continue. If, you, if to someone do that. gave that answer in your courtroom when you were a judge, you would tell them they were being non-responsive, and you would direct them to answer the question. Point of order, your time is. Have you had personal contact with anyone at FBI headquarters about the Hunter Biden investigation? Uh, I, don't re I, don't, I don't recollect the answer to that question, but the FBI works for the Justice Department. It's, uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You don't, recollect, you don't recollect whether you've talked with anybody at FBI headquarters about an investigation of the president's son? I, I don't believe that I did. I promised the Senate when I came um, before it for confirmation that I would leave Mr. Weiss in place and that I would not interfere with his investigation. Okay, did I you ever... Kept, I have kept that promise. All right. Just remember, if the Never Trump movement, who believe me, is still alive and well, had their way, that man would have been sitting on the Supreme Court. And if there's anything that we should take really as a lesson thankful, thankful to God lesson from today is that he is a liar. I call him a traitor. I'll call him a traitor. And sure, Steve would call him a scumbag. He is an absolute liar, bold-faced lies to the American people and our members of Congress about everything from Hunter Biden to January 6th. Now, joining me to discuss someone who really has been a victim in many iterations of the weaponization of Joe Biden's Department of Justice, probably at the hands of Merrick Garland himself, is none other Fan favorite, show favorite, Jeffrey Clark of the Center for Renewing America, but of so much more. We love you on this show. Uh, Jeff, your thoughts just sort of walking through that, that package on just overall generically Merrick Garland's uh, performance, we'll call it, will be nice, performance today in Congress. So, uh, Natalie, thanks for having me on. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think that... Uh, you know, Kane's compliments are uh, are mistaken, so you should uh, be glad <laughs> for that. Um, but uh, look, uh, let me start with the the Epps clip that you showed, where you know, like magically, after all this complaining, right? After these puff piece stories in the New York Times by Alan Foyer uh, and the Bill Whitaker 60 Minutes piece, where they sympathetically interview him, oh, it's all conspiracy theories. 
uh, you know, you did nothing wrong. You've had to go into hiding. You're living in a camper, uh, you know, trailer now, et cetera. All that nonsense. Finally, they they come out with uh, a criminal information against him, and it's right before Merrick Garland testifies. And then he's asked, uh, you know, <laughs> questions about, uh, you know, what what he knew about uh, the number of agents in the crowd on January 6th. And he says, well, I don't really have personal knowledge of that. Uh, you know, and as as the questioner went to sort of right away, well, you know, for more than two years, you've uh, been in charge of the department, right? I mean, lawyers actually have ethical duties, uh, uh, Natalie, to uh, supervise in a non-negligent fashion, right? So with all of the folder all about, you know, the kind of drip, drip, drip of, oh, first it's a few agents the New York Times admits, and then it's more, and now just recently, there's an admission that it seems like a, a quite a large number. And you know, there are also different levels of people, right? There could be agents of uh, DHS or of uh, of the Justice Department. There could be contractors for them. There could be confidential human sources, right? We need a complete accounting of all of those categories and how much they added up to and how interspersed through the crowd they were, et cetera. But for, for the attorney general to say like, well, I don't really know anything about that personally. Well, that's because you're being an ostrich and you didn't call for a briefing on it at the very least, maybe because you don't want to know uh, because it blows up the whole narrative uh, that uh, you know there, there were these groups who were plotting an overthrow of the government when you know they talked a lot uh, in a kind of LARPing fashion, but you know it looks a lot more like there was a you know a disturbance uh, that lasted for a few hours and then it was over, and it wasn't even anything like the Antifa summer of love in 2020, where in multiple cities they're burning things, they're destroying property. They nightly attacked the Marco Hatfield Federal Courthouse in Portland, where I've argued before. Uh, but you know, all that gets you know soft-handed treatment, and no one at any point ever alleges that that was some kind of sedition against the government. And the protests against uh, and disruptions against uh, Justice Kavanaugh, uh, et cetera, they, they don't get any attention. But everything focuses on on January 6. But yet the Attorney General doesn't know how many federal assets of one kind or another are in the crowd. That can only be due to uh, not properly supervising the department and not finding that information out. It's there, you know, what, what's that thing from, uh, you know, the alien show or whatever, like the truth is out there. You just got to go find it. <laughs> I usually never understand pop culture references because I never watch movies growing up. I never did, which is probably why I turned out. So I was going to say normal, but maybe I won't use that word, but why I turned out the way I did. But it seems like in Kevin McCarthy's status quo, uh, you know, Merrick Garland, that's really today's hearing is really the only, you know, five, ten minutes of pressure that he feels right. Having to answer some uncomfortable question that he, of course, maneuvers around and focuses on North Korea and tries to use the Chinese Communist Party as a cop out instead of talking about January 6th, but he doesn't care because he knows after he gets out of today's hearing, the money's still going to come. The new headquarters are still probably going to come. He's probably not even going to be impeached. So I'm just curious, you guys obviously at CRA have really been the tip of the spear, and sure C would agree with me, um, on the CR fight on the funding of the government. Um, what do you think, especially on the heels of today's hearing, um, accountability really looks like specifically in the case of Merrick Garland? Is it trying 
to obviously stop the CR and stop funding to the DOJ? Is it impeaching him? Is it all of the above? What is the plan of action that you guys over at CRA think uh, we need to really look at going after Merrick Garland? So anything in terms of the government funding fight at the moment and the particular bill uh, that uh, funds the Justice Department, right? I mean, aggressive terms need to be used to bring uh, the Justice Department back to its historic role and to stop proceeding as a weapon against the American people, right? We shouldn't be having cases against Mark Houck. We shouldn't be having memos that go out that say that uh, parents who complain about, uh, you know, transgender bathrooms at the at the kind of lower level, but more seriously, right, uh, you know, with this recent pardon of the father uh, in, uh, in Virginia by Governor Yunkin, uh, who complained about the fact that a transgender, you know, rapes their daughter uh, in uh, a public school bathroom, though, you know, that kind of situation is, and for the Justice Department to be going after the parents who complain at these school board meetings, where you really have, you know, they're always saying, you know, protect our democracy, et cetera. Well, where is that democracy, especially with a small d? It's in school board meetings. It's in uh, local government, right? And yet, you know, efforts to complain about what's going on are being demonized. And, you know, if that had not come to light, uh, along with other things like, you know, uh, Catholics who like Latin masses, you know, would get persecuted, like all those trains would have gotten much farther down the track. So all that, all those efforts need to be defunded. Another one I'd toss in to be defunded is the new environmental justice office they've created at the Justice Department. I mean, you know, give me a break. We have uh, fentanyl pouring into the country. We have, you know, uh, epidemic crime waves sweeping through the blue cities where the Soros prosecutors are not actually prosecuting real crime. And the federal justice department's interested in, you know, uh, how much money gets siphoned off from some kind of civil settlement uh, to pay off some of these environmental groups or, or uh, you know, or, or, or other kinds of pressure groups. I mean, it's, it's truly, uh, ridiculous. And, and now to look, let me go theoretical for, you know, because it's theory is very important. And, so, you know, I've written this paper about the DOJ is not independent. So Merrick Garland was asked about that today. And he sort of says, well, I'm not the lawyer of Congress. I'm not the lawyer for the president. You know, I serve the American people, right? Well, what does it mean? I mean, you're an American person, Natalie. I'm an American person. Can we get uh, Merrick Garland to do our uh, will or to carry out our instructions? Of course not. So what he's really saying is he's not accountable to anyone. He's basically arguing that he's a fourth branch of government. That is entirely unconstitutional under our uh, system of government. It's a violation of the Article 2 Take Care Clause. Uh, it's a violation of the fact that all appointees are uh, put in place by the president and then they serve at the pleasure of the president. You know, he's got the system entirely upside down. And then, you know, to see Ken Buck, you don't have that clip. Maybe you should... Uh, you know, try to get that on the show tomorrow or a future day. You know, Ken Buck, uh, Buck gives him like a whole payon of like, well, the Department of Justice has to be independent, et cetera. You know, it's like he's scrubbing his back. Uh, and then he says, well, I'm particularly, uh, you know, impressed by uh, Bill Barr, who after January 6th rushed into the Oval Office and said, you know, there's no evidence of the election having been stolen. And, uh, you know, uh, Earth to Ken, as I tweeted, uh, you know, the Bill Barr uh, resigned several weeks before January 6th. So he can't even get basic facts right. And it seems to me like he's already signed up uh, with his new CNN masters to tow 
uh, the the leftist line and the and the uniparty lines, and that's why he showed up to uh, you know do a little spirited defense as as flawed as it was of the attorney general. Yes, he certainly aligned with his new CNN paymasters, and I don't know if he ever ditched his old big tech paymasters. <laughs> Jeff Clark, if people want to stay up to date with everything you're working on, everything you guys are doing over at the wonderful institution that is Center for Renewing America, where can they find you? So the center is at americarenewing.com, and uh, you know what's old is new again. The paper on DOJ is not independent. People should take a look at Politico. Uh, you know, did a whole story about that, as uh, Steve noted yesterday again, uh, and it's you know new because Merrick Garland's you know uh, again touting the the constitutionally wrong idea that uh, the Justice Department is independent. So that's on the americarenewing.com website. I'm at Jeff Clark US on Twitter and Getter and at Real Jeff Clark on Truth Social, Natalie. He is a must follow on all platforms. And believe me, I'm sure the DOJ, the FBI and all those deep state operatives are following you very closely, reading those papers and running scared. Jeff, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Natalie. And Warren Posse, thank you so much for hanging with me for the 6 p.m. hour. Don't worry, Steve will be back tomorrow for the 10 a.m. show. Sometimes I guess he needs a little bit of a break, but I will be hosting the 5 p.m. on Friday. No shows tomorrow, like I said, Steve. I guess we were supposed to have the vote on the CR, but because of you guys, because of the Warren Posse, they had to can it. We'll see what happens, but they had to can the rules vote, so it's unlikely that it'll move forward. We'll see you tomorrow, bright and early, 10 a.m. Have a good one. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67% and do it again. WARROOM HEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today. Check it out.